Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delt and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, Louis Yard. Welcome to another episode of the Cloudcast. Uh, we're coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina tonight. Uh, the pollen is... Just enough, just about past us. I don't know about you, Brian, but my allergies are still going crazy. But we're on the tail end of it, finally. Um, how you doing tonight, Brian? I'm good. I, I'm uh, the the allergies are not getting me nearly as much, and I'm usually terrible. So uh, I'm I'm excited. Everything's blooming, uh, and uh, no, it's it's great. Spring's here. It's things are good. Things are good. Um, yeah. So no no guests tonight. Um, but we had a bunch of announcements that that we we kind of figured just kind of warranted its own show, and then we figured we'd kind of gab a little bit about the industry and what we're seeing, and and we kind of do this a couple times a year, but a lot has happened, so we figured we'd jump on them maybe a little bit earlier than we usually do. So why don't you kick it off? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first thing, just a reminder to folks: uh, anybody going to the Cloud Foundry Summit, uh, which is May 11th and 12th out in Santa Clara. Um, we're going to be podcasting from there. I think we're the official podcast or one of the official media um, outlets. And if you're going, uh, if you use the code CFSCAST, so CFSCAST, uh, you guys will get 25% off um, any passes that you buy. So, uh, you know, check that out if you're going. Uh, come, by the, uh, come by the booth and say hi to us if you're there. The other thing we wanted to announce, um, and this is kind of cool, um, and it, you know, the way we tend to work is stuff just kind of comes from out of the blue. Um, you know, for people that know us, we don't do a lot of planning. Um, we got contacted by, good, by the good folks at O'Reilly, uh, O'Reilly Media, and just they kind of reached out to us and they said, um, you know, some folks tipped us off to what you guys do, um, and basically, you know, the topics that we cover uh, are interesting to them too. So they align to what they kind of consider their infrastructure, DevOps, um, you know, sort of ops infrastructure as code kind of space. And uh, they said, hey, we'd like to partner with you guys because obviously if you're talking about these topics, your audience is interested in these topics and, you know, we're interested in, in uh, you know, doing some cool stuff with you guys. So a couple of things that are going to come out of this, um, you will see us doing some stuff with the uh, O'Reilly events. So things like Velocity and OzCon and Strata and, and other events that are going on throughout the year. Uh, we're going to do some stuff with them. Um, and then we're also going to do some things um, more than just the events. So we're going to do some stuff with some of their speakers. Uh, we're going to try and work on some programs to, to get you guys uh, better access to the media that, that they produce, which is always really high quality and so forth. Um, but today, uh, we're going to kind of throw out the first thing that's part of this, this partnership that we have with them. Um, so for anybody going to the Velocity Conference, which is really the last week in, uh, in May, it's, um, let me look here real quick on the dates. It is, it's again, it's another one in Santa Clara, which is nice because you don't have to be down in the city. Uh, it's May 27th to 29th, so it's in Santa Clara. Um, so if you're going out to that, we're going to give away uh, one free pass. Um, so, you know, whatever that is, 1500 bucks, 2500 bucks. Um, the way to get it is we need you to send us uh, via the email, so show at the cloudcast.net or via our Twitter address. Uh, just send us your best, coolest project that you're working on, whether it's something you're developing as an open source thing or just a really, really cool project you're working on at work or you know, uh, a whatever project. So best project wins. We're going to go for about a week, um, send it to either the, the, uh, the Twitter address or the email address, and uh, we'll give you a free pass to Velocity. Uh, we 
don't have enough in the budget to cover things like T&E, but uh, we'll give you the pass. <laughs> yeah. So either, yeah. either if you live in the area or if you're going out there, uh, we'll help hook you up. Yeah, we, we, we can do the pass. We're, we're not quite to funding uh, full T&E for, uh, right. for, for flights and things yet. But That's yeah, right. you, you know, um, got, got to start small with something like this. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, yeah, yeah we, cool. we, we had some conference calls with the, with the O'Reilly folks, and, and I'm just really excited about some of the things we potentially have coming up. And, and in addition to the, the, the pass, um, if you are going, um, we also have a discount code. Uh, for that as well, um, which is 20 cloud. And again, 20, just two zero cloud. If you use that during checkout, you'll get a 20% off as well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're looking forward to this. I mean, their whole thing is build around communities, build around open communities, uh, give back. That's always been kind of our philosophy with the show. So I think the, the partnership's going to align really nicely. Um, it can only benefit you guys as listeners because, uh, they're interested in helping bring uh, knowledge uh, to communities, and, and we're interested in doing the same thing. So um, you'll hear more from this. There'll be stuff in the show notes. So uh, look forward to it. And, um, you know, as we go along, if there's ideas you guys have about what we can do with O'Reilly, uh, send us some feedback. So looking forward to it. Cool. All right. So what have you been up to lately, man? Uh, so um, so a couple of things. Um, so for, I, I guess from a work-wise, we never really talk about work, but it's sort of – my work and this podcast have kind of become intertwined. Um, a couple of things that are, I guess, sort of interesting. Uh, one is some of the guys on my team um, have been working on a bunch of uh, like open training and, and open content for uh, agile development and Docker and infrastructure as code. So um, you know, we, we use it for some of the internal training we do at, at EMC for our field engineers, but uh, it's all out on GitHub and it's all sort of scripted and um, – laid out there. So if anybody's interested in, in learning some of that and it, it's all hands-on kind of thing. So uh, we've been working on that. Uh, that takes up part of our day job. And then the other part is uh, we've been working on this thing that's kind of a spinoff of a DevOps Days uh, event uh, that we're doing before EMC World. So we uh, we convinced the EMC World people to let us do a community event uh, the Sunday before. Uh, we we sold out, which is crazy because two months ago, three months ago, we literally thought maybe there'd be 20, 25 people. Uh, looks like we're probably going to have three, four, 450 people uh, at the event, which is kind of cool. And it's all kind of community driven. So, um, you know, folks from Chef, Puppet, LinkedIn, Dropbox, uh, uh, Cloud Foundry, uh, there'll be, you know, a couple of folks from my team uh, from EMC Code. And um, Nick Weaver is going to come talk uh, about it from Intel. Um, so it's a really awesome line of people and it's all free. So if you're going out to that event um, or you're going to be in the Vegas area, come by and uh, I think we're going to open up some more tickets because it, it's sold out, but we're going to, we're going to try and find some places to squeeze people in. So that's what I've been doing, uh, you know, 18 hours a day for the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah. And who, who doesn't want to be in Vegas, you know, one more day, right? Um, I know. Yeah. If you're going to interrupt, <laughs> stick around for an extra day. Well, it's, here's the crazy, here's the craziest thing, man. So, you know, uh, EMC world is, it is what it is. It, it's, it's always announced. And then when, when they announced the Manny Pacquiao uh, Mayweather fight the night before oh, your event, right, right. here's, I mean, you can't believe how hard the logistics are. They're literally charging five times as much for hotel rooms. I mean, you know, the, the, Venetian, the Venetian is like $1,500 a night and, uh, you know, where it's usually like 250 or something. Um, if you go to Expedia, they're like literally going, yeah, Henderson probably isn't going to be far enough out. We're going to need you to be out in Reno or something. I mean, it's crazy how busy it's going to be and... Um, but it's gonna be fun because you've got the Kentucky Derby, you've got the fight and then EMC world starts. So, uh, yeah, it'll be good. 
Nice, nice. What have you been up to, man? You've been you've been traveling like crazy. Anything interesting? Ah, uh, you know, it's it's actually been a bunch of travel and a bunch of setup. I, you know, the day job kind of building up a team and and getting everyone going and moving in the right direction. But it, it's been really cool because it's been kind of building up for a bunch of stuff going on this summer. Um, which kind of leads a little bit into you know where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing. But but you know, I've got. Um, you know, I know OpenStack isn't necessarily your thing nearly as much anymore, Brian, but, but I've got, um, <laughs> two panels. Um, I'm on two panels at the OpenStack summit. So I'm going to be doing Vancouver for OpenStack summit. Um, we're going to be going out and doing cloud foundry. Uh, we've got DockerCon coming up. We've got OSCON coming up. Um, so I, I'm, I'm starting to hit conference season full bore, um, and you know, I, I've been doing a bunch of customer travel and, and that's actually been really interesting, you know, complete, uh, you know, like you were saying, maybe slight melding of the day jobs into this podcast. Um, it's been really interesting. The customer conversations this year in particular, um, I definitely feel like a lot of the stuff we've been talking about over the years is really moving along. But then what was it so interesting about it is it went from, Hey, we're just going to talk about these first couple things to let's go to step 10 right away. <clears throat> um, the velocity at which the, you know, especially a lot of the enterprises here have gone from, you know, the stodgy traditional enterprises to I'm all in at the opposite end of the spectrum, or at least interested in and wanting to talk about it. That that's been far and away. The biggest takeaway I've had is, is how accelerated our industry is. And hence why we're kind of on the show again. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that maybe should be the jump off point for what we're talking about. We're, we used to do these things, you know, once a year, Hey, what, how, how was the year past and what does the future look like? And I mean, the thing I tell everybody, or, you know, I'm, I'm kind of giving insight is to, is I'm like, we're going, I don't know, twice as fast. It feels like in the last, the last year, six months, stuff feels like it's kind of amped up a bit. Um, I don't know if it's because there's so much, you know, VC money flowing into stuff. And so it's got the shiny rock thing or if it's, you know, kind of the, the business climate, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's going crazy fast. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people are, are literally going, I can't keep up with all this stuff. Like, where do I, you know, what, give me a focus point. Like, I feel like I'm on a boat that's, that's rocking and I can't find a focus point because it all goes so fast. Yep. So, so I'll ask you this then, like, Okay, so we did this kind of pivot, and we've gotten a lot of really, really good feedback um, since we've done this. And I and I feel like the the show, at least for us personally, we've had this discussion kind of off off recording before. Of um, the, we started the show to really learn and go and meet new people, and then you know three four years into it, we kind of got to a point where it's like eh. So then we kind of pivoted the show and, and we were hoping everyone was going to come with us. And it's, and it seems like most have, and we certainly have found a new audience and, um, but, but it's been so interesting because I feel like it's, it's certainly more cutting edge again. Yeah. Um, but, but along those lines, like what's the, what's the best bit of feedback you've heard so far? Um, hmm. So that's a good question. So I'll give I, you mine if you want to think about it a while. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so two bits of feedback because it, 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 it's it's just interesting when you have folks that that quite frankly you've looked up to in this industry. Um, Adrian Cockroft being uh, you know a regular listener, so Adrian, if you listen to this one, thank you again. Um, and even something as simple as so the one we did last week uh, with the the API uh, performance monitoring. Um, we published the show and then I, I never got a chance to reply back because I was actually out this weekend. But but Steve Herod. 
uh, you know, retweeted it and was like, really good. Listen, thanks for that show. And I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> like yeah. when, when Steve Harrod t- says he enjoyed the content, I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think what's been interesting to me is, so, you know, we, we don't, we don't disclose a whole lot of stuff, but the, the show is actually up about 30% in terms of, of, of net new listeners, which is very cool. Um, we, we sort of wish we knew where more of them were coming from, but yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing to me is, just the number of people that kind of go, we listen to the show. We're glad you're kind of pivoting. Um, you know, I wouldn't have heard about certain things if you guys hadn't dug into them. So, you know, I saw a, a note from somebody yesterday talking about Kubernetes and they were like, I wouldn't know anything about it if those guys hadn't talked about it. And I think that's kind of cool. I think it, it sort of signifies that there is a lot of stuff that is out there that are, you know, it's kind of at the fringes, but, um, you know, it's crazy. It's like, you know, something like Kubernetes is a core Google technology, but yet tons of the enterprise people haven't heard about it. And, you know, we're getting a chance to talk to people that are literally building it, which is just fun and cool. And, and you know, for us, we're, it, I think it's reinvigorating because we're getting to relearn things and, and think about learning and stuff like that. So that yeah. part's been been really cool. Um, so speaking of, of learning and, and kind of where we're moving on, so let's kind of move on to the next bit of, uh, topic then. <clears throat> we kind of dubbed this show... Um, you know, it's going to be a, all about containers and container apocalypse, right? Um, <laughs> so, uh, what's what's been most interesting announcements, acquisitions, VC funding? Like even just early into 2015, what what have been some of the things that have jumped out at you? So, I, I think for me, it's sort of two things, and they're kind of running in parallel, right? One is um, there are I don't know four or five companies now that that to me are are kind of trying to make a really big play. They're not little companies. So they are CoreOS, Docker, uh, Mesosphere, uh, HashiCorp. And, and I think all of those folks are basically in some way, shape, or form trying to become kind of the next VMware, right? They'll call it like the data center operating system. But it's like they started off making a few little things and people thought of them as a tool company or this company or that. And they filled in all these, these slots from an architecture perspective like really fast They've all gotten a bunch of money this year. And um, so to me, that's, a, that's an interesting thing because people are literally going like, okay, which of these architectures do we pick and which tools? And they, they kind of are interchangeable. So, so that's really interesting because I know you and I kind of think like system people sometimes. And then the other one that you and I have talked about a ton is, um, cool, uh, those guys are doing things, whether it's around containers or automation or scalability or whatever it is, uh, but yet, you know, they, they only took $10 million or $30 million. And most of them have never, ever sold to, you know, large paying customers. So, you know, how do you turn what's an open source business or a small startup business, uh, you know, into something that becomes very large, the next VMware, the next whatever. Um, so th- those two things to me are kind of the really interesting big trends that are kind of floating out there or keep floating out there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, along those lines, but also kind of expanded out a little bit more beyond just specifically containers. Um, so Nebula went out of business April 1st. Um, yeah, that we, was, that was, you know, I, I wouldn't say we called it cause I certainly don't want to say like, I, I, you know, predicting folks go out of business and we certainly wish everyone there the best and hope everyone lands on their feet. But you know, we we called this this um, converging of that ecosystem, the OpenStack ecosystem, for a while in particular. But again, you know, actually, I was talking to a coworker um, earlier today about this. This is just, 
you know, quite frankly, go listen to the shows in which we've had Simon Wardley on or go listen to go search YouTube for his, his OSCON uh, talks. Um, this is just the natural evolution of, of an ecosystem, right? And yep. you can very much plot out where containers lie in that, you know, very early stages. You can plot out where OpenStack lies in the very later stages of an ecosystem. And it's it's super interesting, I would say, you know, one of the biggest non-technical things I've probably learned on this show over the years is just how, you know, Simon in particular kind of taught me to treat ecosystems and life cycles and how everything will eventually go to commoditization. Um, I, I found that very, very fascinating. And, and it's been very telling to, you know, we're what four years in now on this yeah. thing. Um, we, we actually got to see a couple waves, you know, go all the way from starting of the wave to riding the peak of the wave to, I wouldn't say crash, uh, but certainly, you know, end state. Uh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, we predicted, again, like you said, we, we don't ever want bad things to happen, either, but, but we did sort of predict that the, the OpenStack uh, distro groups, I mean, they're just, there were just too many of them. And, you know, for a, for a, uh, a, a group or an organization or whatever that wanted to call themselves the Linux of the cloud, well, you know, you, you had the results that were, you know, the Linux wars of the 1990s, right? You're down to really only a couple of them and, you know, Probably a few of them will survive, um, you know. And, and I think the 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 folks from Morantis, you know, wrote a really smart paper here recently. It was you know talking about you know how do you make money in open source, and they sort of said um, you know that there is a formula for it. Now, you know, Red Hat and a couple of them have, have done this and been successful. But he said at the end of the day, it's really hard to take a product centric sort of vendor centric view of doing open source and then trying to monetize it. You really have to think about expertise and services being the thing that drives it. And, and then, you know, there's lots of ways to, to do it around there. And, you know, for some of the companies that have struggled, um, you know, I think they've followed the model that they wouldn't have recommended. And the ones that are doing relatively well are following the model that, that tends to work. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to be really interested in your feedback that you get from, from the OpenStack summit. I think it's going to be a very different vibe, uh, this year. And, um, you know, and there, and there are companies who, you know, now do things and are, I believe, probably relatively profitable that use OpenStack, but but they're not banging the OpenStack drum, you know, like like Blue Box. You know, we've had Jesse on and, you know, Jesse defends OpenStack, but his business isn't an OpenStack business. It's a, you know, it's a it's a cloud business yeah. and, you know, it's a different business value. Yeah. And, and, and along those same lines, too, um, and I apologize if I said this on the show before, but um uh, probably the best article, and I would say go Google it, um, Martin Mikos uh, did an article on kind of the value of open source and around open source models in particular. And the biggest takeaway I, I uh, got from it was exactly that of don't try and necessarily productize uh, open source. It's really around uh, the value you can provide is is being able to trade customers' time for money. Um, you know, there will always be folks that want to build it and have lots of folks that they can throw at it. And it's okay if it takes a while or it takes a lot of bodies as long as it's free. And then there will be those folks that, Hey, I want to give you money to go faster. Yep. And, and that is how he built a lot of his original companies. Um, and it was just, it's a, and it, that's super, super simplistic version of what he actually said. I mean, it's, if you go, go actually, um, read the entire article, it's very, very enlightening. So I would suggest that for everyone. 
Um, right. So I'll, I'll jump into another area that, that again, we, we covered a lot in the past. I don't know that we've covered as much here recently, but let's let's kind of talk public cloud for a second. And, and, you know, Microsoft is making a lot of, of very interesting moves. AWS is making a lot of interesting moves. I, I think the reason why we never really talk about it too much is, quite frankly, none of them will talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's still a little bit of a black box to, to you know, how much their, their business does. But actually, you're, you're sort of teeing something up. I mean, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, whenever people listen to this, tomorrow's going to be an interesting day because tomorrow's the day that uh, Amazon apparently is going to finally break out their AWS earnings um, as a, instead of being other, they're going to they're going to break it out somehow. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to break it out, you know, per product, you know, service or if it'll just be one lump that specifically says AWS. Yeah. I think they'll just do one big lump because they probably, <clears throat> at least based off of you know past experience, they're they're pretty tight lipped about all of it, and I would imagine they don't want to go any more granular than they're required to, right? Um, right. And they don't want to, they certainly don't want anybody looking at those numbers and going, oh, well, that service is successful and that service is a flop, right? Um, right. So I just think you know at a bare minimum, it's just going to be one big black box that they're just going to report a number on. I agree. Uh, yeah. I just. Yeah, I think they're going to be forced to do it that way. I can't see them ever getting any more granular than that. Now, I will say this though: um, I, you know, I said it when I was at the AWS summit last fall, and then I followed the summit um, keynotes. Uh, but I, I admit I didn't actually go listen to the replays yet. It's in my YouTube queue somewhere, but. Um, they keep moving along and keep, uh, doing a lot of great services and they've become probably much more developer centric and they've changed their message and how they're embracing the enterprise. And, you know, quite frankly, it's, it's a decently enticing story. Um, I'm consistently decently impressed with where they are headed and how they are, they are figuring it out, um, how to get where they need to go. Yep. Yeah, no, they, they, they are doing a very good job of, of now sort of walking a balance between, you know, an enterprise service and a message to the enterprise and, you know, a developer uh, driven thing. So, you know, on one hand, you have something like, uh, what do they call it, Elastic File System or the, you know, the basically an, a, a NAS in the cloud. And then on the other hand, you have these enhancement to Lambda, which is, you know, sort of this very next generation sort of development thing or this enhancement to you know, mobile backend or something like that. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. The other thing I think that's going to be interesting, um, I mean, there's going to be, you know, just a ton of speculation tomorrow about, you know, is it, are they doing $6 billion a year? Are they doing 10 billion? Are they doing 5 billion? I think the one thing that would be interesting for them to, to break out or not is, um, the number that they produce, does that include, uh, amazon.com's usage of AWS? You know, right, is, right. you know, do they count themselves as a customer? customer? Yeah. Well, are they or, yeah, you know, so true, I think that'll they, be right? interesting yep. because, you know, if that thing's driving, you know, a billion dollars worth of usage, which probably isn't, but, you know, then it sort of skews things. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be, tomorrow's going to be an interesting day, yeah. uh, one way or the other. So, or whenever people are listening to this. Yeah. And uh, a, a personal plea to everyone in the audience. If anybody knows anybody, you know, either at Microsoft Azure or somewhere in that ecosystem, let us know. Um, that's been a, probably a big gap and a big on the, you know, wish list for the show forever. Yeah. And I don't know that we've ever even had anybody that could credibly talk as you're on the show. 
Uh, no, they they reached out to us one time when when the original uh, Microsoft Plus Docker announcement kind of got made, and we said, "Cool, we'd love to have you on." And then they kind of didn't come back anymore, which was yeah. kind of a bummer because I think what Microsoft's doing is is interesting. I mean, it's definitely different and less. Um, uh, heavy-handed than it was during the Balmer days, where everything was, uh, you know, nothing else is good technology except Microsoft. We're going to do the same thing everybody else does, and now they seem to be much more open and embracing of stuff. So it's a, it's uh, a big kumbaya love fest over there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the here's the last one I'll ask about, and and you know, like we always kind of try and put things in perspective versus you know the buzz that's in places. So I mean. On one hand, you've got these sort of software level funding. So everybody made a big deal about Docker getting, what is it, $95 million is a yeah. round D, right? And it was like, oh, my God, there. And then I look at some of the infrastructure companies that are getting funded in spaces that, you know, people like to bash hardware and whatever. But, I mean, your company got $80 plus million, right? Yeah. You know, SolidFire did. I mean, Pure Storage got $100 million and Nutanix got, you know, several hundred million dollars. And it's it's kind of interesting that, for software eating the world, the amount of funding that's going into software, and I understand they're different businesses because you've got to carry materials and all this stuff, but I mean, there's still a very large difference between how much money these infrastructure companies, which are supposed to not be doing things, are getting versus the software companies that are putting stuff on top of it and supposedly being the big changers. So, um, you know, I, I think there's still a little bit of frothiness around software that, um, you know, m- maybe is a little bit overhyped. No, I agree. Um, so we we'd put down as a topic of what's the most confusing or, or surprising announcement. I'm actually going to say the Docker Round D was mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really fast. That's what surprised and, me. Yeah, it was a combination of it was so fast. Uh, you know, they've basically raised what three rounds in eighteen months now. I want to well, say. Yeah, they took. Was I mean, they the, took the forty million dollars this time last year. Yeah, it was like forty um, million dollars this time, and 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 we talked to Ben, and Ben was like, "I don't. We don't need the money." Right. You know, we're doing this, and it's like, wow. I, 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 and again, complete conjecture, but, but, you know, I, it feels very much like uh, they did it because they could, um, and they, they, you know, it gives them a really, really big war chest to for the compared to any competition that's going to rise up because, yeah, it, it makes them the, you know, not maybe an eight hundred pound gorilla, but, but you know, a three hundred pound gorilla, right? Maybe a little smaller gorilla, but certainly bigger than anybody else in this space. And it gives them a nice war chest to be reactive. Um, if yep. nothing else, um, yep. you know, the, 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 the two biggest knocks I hear on Docker all the time are, are recently I've heard was the networking and then they mm-hmm. went and bought socket plane. Yep. Um, and then I, I keep hearing a lot of knocks around the security aspects of it too. Um, I was actually reading a blog post today. Um, I'll see if I can dig it up and put it in the show notes, but it was basically, you know, somebody who's been a Linux admin for years and has always built things from the ground up. And then containers is kind of, it is this self-proclaimed easy button to, to applications. Right. And well, they, they were very much questioning, well, you know, what's in that container. If it's a pre-built container, is it built to best practices? It is there maybe something nefarious in there. What kind of, uh, you know, applications and rights do you need and uh, to run the containers and like really getting into and really just tour Docker or containers in general apart as to all of the bad best practices. But, um, again, it goes back to, 
um, I, I keep going back to the Simon Wardley model of if you kind of map it all out, um, you know, we went from, from build your own. Now we're starting to start to have some standardized offerings. And yes, those standardized offerings are going to have some weak spots here and there, which is further market opportunity for other companies. So you have, you know, Docker networking companies, you probably have Docker security companies going to be popping up and you, all these other services where, there is a need in an ecosystem where at the end of the day, again, we're, we're trading some money for time. Yep. And, and if we trade some money for time, well, there's one or two things wrong. Well, somebody else will pop up and go, Hey, I could fill that need. Right. And right. It, you know, this is how we build a stable e- ecosystem over time. It's, you know, it, it, that that's, what's amazing to me is, is a, how fast containers and Docker in particular have grown but how quickly the ecosystem has a little bit matured, but also raised their hand and said, Hey, here's the things that still suck about this ecosystem. Right. And, right. and I, I feel like it's actually like everyone's kind of patching the holes decently fast around it too. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, they, they jumped in the networking space that, that went fairly quickly. Um, you know, security, uh, and, 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 you know, security is a big hole when, uh, VMware, who you know probably feels some threat from Docker. There's lots of articles being written that you know Docker is going to be the next VMware and all this stuff. You know they made their cloud native application announcement yesterday, and it was all basically you know built on this idea that you know containers by themselves are not going to be secure enough for you to run you know production applications, and you're going to need to have you know kind of the the stability that goes with a with a VM. And you know people can read into it what they want in terms of you know, VMware is trying to protect stuff, but, but that security aspect in and of itself became the center of their announcement. And, you know, I mean, you've been around VMware forever. When did they ever consider themselves a security company? Right. But, but yet the entire, their entire view on containers became, Hey, they're not secure enough for you to run what you need to run your business. And so we're going to help fill that hole. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I, I think, Security is going to be a big deal with 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 containers, whether it's Docker or anybody. Um, I think there's a space around uh, persistence of data, uh, which is sort of a storage angle, but it's kind of a persistence of data angle uh, that we're actually going to touch on in a, on a couple of shows coming up here that we're working on some stuff. And uh, but yeah, there's a ton of areas uh, around this stuff. And and again, for anybody who's an older listener that's you know around the VMware ecosystem, I mean, just think about all the things that kind of started filling in and what changed when you when you moved to you know sort of software based compute. Well, now we're going to software based microcompute, if you will, and um, yeah, the tons of opportunity in it, and it's just crazy how fast it's moving. So, yep, yep agree, agreed. Um, Apologies. So, yeah, no. So I, I'm trying to think. You know, the other confusing thing to me. Um, yeah, I think it's just pace. I think people are just trying to figure out kind of you know, where, where to focus on this stuff, because it's like, you know, you had, you had a container thing and then you have the sort of Docker and, and Cooper Mesos and Kubernetes thing going on. And those companies are getting funded and people are confused if they're sort of, you know, competitive alternatives to each other. Is it like a, you know, a routing protocol thing, one versus the other, or is it, are they, you know, complementary? Are they not? And, you know, I mean, they're so new and they're so, you know, Silicon Valley centric that it's hard to you know, sort of find 
people that have the knowledge outside of it and stuff like that. But, um, yep. Well, yeah, that's the other confusing thing. You know, we, what, one thing we put in there is like, where do we think the second half of the year is going to go? Um, I will say this though, and, and, you know, I'm going to risk uh, sounding like the, the curmudgeon of open source, but I swear I'm not, but a, a kind of a trend I've seen though here as we started to see it with OpenStack. Um, and I would still say it's there to some extent uh, right now, but but certainly with a lot of the newer technologies that we've been digging into here recently, the technologies uh, work to some level, right? I, I would say they're all probably quote unquote good enough, um, yep. but but the glaring weakness around a lot of this uh, has been documentation. Um, whether it is, you know, blogs that are out there, whether it's wikis, whether it's official documentation, whether it's books in the industry. Um, and I think, again, it goes to this trend of everything is moving so fast. Um, I, I definitely see, um, it is getting harder and harder to learn off of just people writing and sharing like we used to. Um, and this is kind of the, you know, the old curmudgeon in me coming out of, you know, I remember quote unquote back in the day when, you know, a lot of us that came, kind of came up with VMware, well, we would go figure stuff out. It was, if it wasn't in the VMware docs, we'd write a blog about it and everyone started sharing blogs and we all got to know each other. And what happens is a lot of it is, you know, a lot of it is shared over IRC now, um, and, and it's just getting harder and harder to necessarily find the latest versions of everything. Well, I mean, let, let me let, let's put this in perspective, right? So, uh, you know, VMware more or less got on a on a cadence of once a year you'd get a new release, right? And so you you know you had a year to get up to speed, read a Scott Lowe book, uh, you know, go to a couple of events, figure out what's going on, you know, do an upgrade, blah blah. blah. Then you had OpenStack come along, and you know they were adamant that there was going to be every six months. And so now your your learning cycle got cut in half. Well, you know, this week the Docker basically, I think it was Docker, uh, basically said, yeah, we're going to do a release every two months, two right. to three months. Right. So again, th- that time got cut in half or yeah. maybe even in a third. And I, I mean, like I've got a, you know, I've got a Docker book. I have a physical Docker book because I was like, well, I'm on airplanes. I can carry it around with me or whatever. You know, it's six months old. It was version 1.2 and every you know, two months I see, well, you know, the, the new electronic version of this came out and it's like, oh crap, I had to go back and read that one. And it, and it right. is, it's, it's, um, it's, it's that. And I'll tell you the other thing that I've noticed, and this is kind of coming from some of the work stuff we're doing, but again, teaching people about dealing with open source and Linux and all this stuff is, um, you know, it used to be when you'd go, Hey, go trial this thing. You'd, you'd go out to a website and there'd be like a, an executable or a, you know, what, whatever the format was for that executable. And now it's like, which, which tool do I like you, you can go to a GitHub site and it's like, it's not super completely obvious to you all the time of like, what's the thing I click to sort of get it started. And you've got to mess, mess around with, you know, variables and paths and stuff on your machine. And some people don't quite know how to do that stuff and it doesn't get set up for you. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's like you have on one hand, you're, you see this little group of people that are going in the fast lane, they're going in the, you know, the, the commuter lane and they're going a thousand miles an hour and you're sitting there, you know, in a Toyota Corolla and you're kind of like just chugging along, trying to figure out little bits and pieces and you don't know if you should shift lanes. And, um, so it's a, it's an interesting sort of haves and have nots and, and pace of change thing that's going on. Yeah. And I, I completely admit, you know, for a lot of these new te- technologies, 
the biggest way I've at least got my first initial batch of learning on uh, with with almost everything is going out and to YouTube and finding presentations by the key kind of players either in that space or from that company. Um, that almost seems like the easiest way to get up to speed and a lot of times the most timely. Yeah. Um, because it's, it just seems like all the other forms of media seem, seem to really just age so quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, and to further stress it, like I really am getting to the point where unless you can stay hands on, it's getting harder and harder. Um, to to stay ahead and and stay up. Yeah, with all of this. it's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get the nuances of it. You can kind of get the the big picture of it, but the nuances become become sort of challenging. But yep. um, yep. yeah, it's uh, you know, it's weird because there, there's never been a time when it's been easier to learn. I mean, you can just spin up a cloud resource, or you can get the bits for free, or you can do whatever. You can you know vagrant up whatever you want. But once you get your um, WordPress instance. Demo. Yeah, right. What do you do? Right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. So, uh, you know, we're, we're running a little bit long. We we're going to talk about some of the events coming up. Yeah, I man, think, uh, maybe we'll do that somewhere else. But let, let's skip that because we're going to we're going to run out of out of time. Um, any any sort of bold predictions or, or things that you're either really looking forward to or you're really, I don't know, not sure about or, or any bold predictions for the for the next three to six months? No, I, the, the biggest thing that I want to watch, you know, if I could just pop some popcorn and just sit back and watch is, is CoreOS versus Docker. Um, uh, it is amazing to me how, again, how quickly these ecosystems have developed. And it's really awesome for the industry as a whole to have, uh, you know, yeah, a couple of big players. There's others out there. Don't get me wrong. Those are just the first two that popped into my head, but to really see where everything's going to go. And I really think you will see, you know, um, core fest, um, and DockerCon and a lot of these others actually become pretty big shows very quickly. You know, I mean, the OpenStack Summit was was like a thousand people or less, you know, like three years ago, four years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, and I think you will see those kinds of things happen as well. You will see the, just this explosion uh, around these particular technologies and companies. And that'll be probably one of the most interesting areas for me going forward without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've got two that I'm uh, I'm kind of keeping kind of, you know, floating around in the back of my head. So you're right. I mean, I think the, you know, who goes bigger Docker or core OS at their events in the next month will be sort of interesting. Um, you know, again, th those guys are just sort of doing a variation on, on infrastructure, although it's much bigger in infrastructure. I, I think the two that are, that are sort of interesting to me or, or that I sort of had in the back of my mind, one is, um, I would not be surprised if, if Microsoft buys one of these, these folks, um, yeah especially the ones that have the big, I mean, so it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Microsoft bought Docker. Uh, cause I think, I think Microsoft is finally realizing like the operating system is sort of irrelevant in, in terms of what they do. I mean, they make money on it, but it's, you know, the other things are their cash cow and they want to get into these new businesses, whether it's mobile or cloud or whatever. Um, and I think they sort of are realizing like, Oh, the, the sort of Docker container thing I can, I'm going to do windows in it and I'm going to do Linux in it. And that covers everybody. And if I can cover everybody and I can deliver it everywhere, maybe I win, which was, I mean, that was the old model. So that, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. If, uh, if Docker got snatched up by Microsoft, I think the other thing is we, we will hear very little, you know, like I, I think AWS is going to let their, 
uh, revenue announcements kind of run, and then I think they will end up having a big sort of enterprisey thing at the end of the year because um, they won't do anything in the summer announce them. But I think the October one might be the one where they go, okay, enterprise guys, I gave you a long time to, to sort of figure out if you could play with me. Now I'm going to drop another hammer on you because yeah. it's been a while since they've really had a big announcement. And, and I mean, what did we see the other day? They had 2,000 job openings. I, yeah. I just saw that as a tweet. Like, that's insane. I mean, that's insane <laughs> how many people that is. Now, you know, I don't know why they would put that many out there, but uh, those are the two big ones that I'm like, if if you're in this market and you're not thinking of those two big things and what that'll mean to you, um, you know, keep those in the back of your mind because I, I think those things are coming. Yep. Um, you know, the other ones, yeah, they're all interesting and there's lots, lots of other little things in there, you know, you know, who will IPO and, and who can sustain stuff. And uh, but those are two big glacier level uh, things that I think are moving along. Yep, I agree. I agree. So, All right, cool. I think we're out of time for this week. Um, yeah. So on behalf of uh, Brian and myself, you can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet, or you can reach us on the web at thecloudcast.net, where you can find links to everything show-related, including our YouTube channel, um, and how to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. So again, thanks for listening this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.